0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Square Mile podcast, hosted by me, Jock Glover, Strategic Relationships Director here at Square Mile Investment Consulting and Research. 2022 was a turbulent year, not only in markets, but also in the wider world. In late February, Russia invaded Ukraine, while in September we experienced the sad death of Queen Elizabeth II. The UK had three different Prime Ministers following the ousting of both Boris Johnson and Liz Truss, With Rishi Sunak becoming the first person of colour to head the UK government. When it comes to markets, they stood 3.5%. We saw similar changes in the US, with rates increasing from half a percent to 4.5 percent over the year. And in total, according to cbrates.com, there were 360 interest rate rises across major global countries in 2022. If 2022 was a difficult year for investors, the outlook for 2023 remains mixed. Some managers believe the outlook is now positive, while others believe we have not yet seen the bottom. 2022 also saw the Football World Cup in Qatar, with a correlation between missed penalties and World Cup heartbreak remaining high for the England men's football team, who are very much overshadowed by their female counterparts, the Lionesses, and Euro 2022 winners. In order to look at what 2023 might have in store for us, I'm wheeling out the big guns from the Square Mile research team who coincidentally are avid football fans. I will introduce them in the order their football teams are in their respective leagues. Our research director, UK equity analyst and Arsenal supporter, John Monahan, will be talking about the opportunities in the UK market as a result of the dispersion of returns that we saw last year. Associate research director, fixed income alternatives, multi-asset research Eduardo Sanchez, the man with the longest business card in Square Mile, a man from Madrid and Real Madrid supporter, will be talking about how the fixed income portfolios and the managers he's been talking to have changed their positioning and what opportunities they are seeing. And finally, just keeping clear of the relegation zone, our head of multi-asset research and West Ham supporter, Alex Farlow, who will help distill the views of the multi-asset community and look at the changes he has been seeing in their portfolios over recent months. The weakness of Sterling helped large cap UK equities in 2022 with the LNG UK 100 index, which tracks the FTSE 100 returning 5.1%. But as you move down the market cap scale, the story was less rosy with the LNG UK mid cap index, which tracks the FTSE 250X investment trusts returning minus 18.5%. With a large number of funds in the IA, UK, or company sector having a bias to mid-cap, it's no surprise that the sector as a whole underperformed the FTSE all share trackers by nearly 10% over the year. John, there's some significant dispersion in performance across the market capitalisations there. What are you hearing in your meetings with managers? Is the UK still an interesting place for investors to invest? And, and, and where should they be thinking about putting their money if they are going into the UK? Sure. No, thanks, Chuck. um Well, just, just to sort of touch a little bit more uh, and set some further
1: context before I sort of go into to answer that particular question. Um, you, you sort of mentioned the difference in returns between large and mid caps and small caps as well. Um, they fell around about 20 percent. But ironically, um, the UK was probably one of the better performing equity markets last year um, for sterling based investors. As you mentioned, there's you know, a small, small positive return. Um, however, the US was down, Japan's topics was down, global emerging markets also fell um, by around 10%. Um, what was very key or a very pertinent point within the UK is the sector spread uh, or the returns at the sector level. Um, for example, the energy sector uh, rose by about 47% last year, materials up about 20 that contrasts to something like the telecoms uh, and technology. Technology, obviously, a very small part of the UK market, but both of those areas both fell around 20%. So a very broad spread at the sector level. Um, so what are we hearing from the UK? I mean, I think I think the, the, the opening comment I'd make there is that a recession in the UK is, is pretty much inevitable. Um, the main topic of debate is really how deep it will be and how long it will last. Um, the consensus from what we're hearing um, towards the tail end of, of 2020, 2022 is that most managers anticipate that, that um, it will be reasonably shallow in nature. Uh, and therefore, some of them, the more optimistic, are looking to uh, restructure their portfolios to take advantage of what's happened in markets in 2022, i.e. quite a significant derating in some areas. And they're positioning their portfolios accordingly to take advantage of that.
0: And when you say the reposition their portfolios to take advantage of that, are they taking profits out of some of those energy names and putting it back into other sectors that have performed more poorly, or are they moving down the market cap spectrum again? I think I think there's there's a combination of all of that
1: um, across the managers we've spoken to. For, uh, you know, for sure, you know, some of the larger oil majors, um BP Shell, for example, done tremendously well. I think if you were to ask most UK equity managers can they find a nice exciting mid-cap stock to outperform shell on a 10-year view they probably would find quite a few of them um and so rotating from from those um sort of stocks obviously they're, they're the larger element of, of the index so they are finding some ideas down the market cap scale being very selective um i would say particularly as that um the UK consumer is, is not in a great place at the moment. Um, so there are some selective consumer-related names being being looked at. Um, but it's ac- across the board. So I would say moving away from some of the larger, better-performing names and and uh, topping up some existing holdings that have not done so well, plus adding some new ones as well
0: that are further down the market cap scale. You look at UK equity income funds as well, don't you? Mm-hmm. What, what are the, What's the outlook for a dividends and – and 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 income for people who are looking for a bit of yield.
1: Yeah, no, the outlook for income um, income growth is, is is quite rosy actually. Um, a lot of companies, um, obviously during the COVID lockdown, there's a lot of dividend resetting. There, either you know, not paying dividends or suspending dividends or, or, or just greatly reducing them in order to 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 improve the balance sheet quality, etc. Yeah, you know, I would say a lot of companies were probably over 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 distributing so it's a a sort of bit of a natural consequence of that um what companies have been doing in the subsequent period is that they've probably keeping a little bit of a little bit in their back pocket so what a lot of managers are are, are hearing is that whilst um companies are in a pretty pretty rude health in terms of their balance sheet strength um they're not going back to the old habits of over distributing so from a dividend growth perspective they're, they're seeing good prospects for, for dividend growth going forward from here
0: Thanks, John. Um, Alex, 2022 was a year where, as I said in my introduction, no asset class was safe, and within asset classes, you know, things like fixed income, which have typically provided protection in market downturns in the past, uh, didn't do that. Uh, the IA mixed investment 0 to 35 sector underperformed the IA mixed investment 40 to 85 percent sector by nearly one percent over the course of 2022, going against the assumption that that uh, that sector with lower equity levels would provide relative protection in market volatility what have you been hearing in your meetings with asset managers with multi asset managers um in terms of their weightings to uk equities if you haven't just heard that from john and other changes they that they're putting into their portfolios in light of what happened last year Yeah, like you say Jock,
2: investors are still licking their wounds um, as most are sitting on negative returns in in 2022, despite having what they believe to be world diversified portfolios. Um, as we as we've said, um, and as you've alluded to um, in in the intro, diversification counted for nothing um, last year, really. Um, as most asset classes posted negative returns, um, and again, just to highlight that point uh, across a number of ranges that we look at, you know, last year. Some of the lowest risk funds within the range have, have generated the, uh, the the lowest returns, um, which goes against the grain. I think um, in terms of outlook, um, we're not coming across anybody at the moment who's in an outright bullish mood. Um, you know, We're hearing um, some reasons to be cheerful, um, which I'll come on to shortly. The vast majority of the managers that we've been speaking to uh, are, are cautious or defensively positioned. Um, This means they're taking less risk um, than they had done previously. Um, But potentially, um, they're looking at greater returns going forward, um, given the the, the re-rating that we saw last year. From an asset allocation perspective, um, there's a general underweight now, we would say, to equities, with investors preferring to loan money to companies rather than to own them. Drilling down a regional equity level, um, we're seeing and hearing about investors disliking the u s and preferring the uk europe and emerging markets largely on a relative value uh, basis we're also seeing a reduction um, in the level of companies that have a high level of um, cyclicality um within their earnings um, perspective given that recession looks like is looming fairly largely um on the horizon um on the currency side of things this ties in quite well with the equity preferences. Um, And and so from an FX perspective, um, over the course of of 2022, we've seen a reduction in the exposure um, to the US dollar um, versus sterling, which which makes up the majority um, of the currency in in the multi-asset portfolios that that we look at. Where they've been allocating, there's been selectively um, allocating to to emerging market currencies, as they see that the EM is perceived as being um, further along in the terms of their battle against inflation alternatives within the portfolios have been cut and these have um, historically provided and been quite large um, allocations within some of our uh, our multi-asset funds and this appears to be a function of um, some of them holding up reasonably well last year um, and therefore some profit taking there plus better opportunities now existing elsewhere um, particularly within income producing assets in particular property which has historically um, been at quite significantly higher levels within multi-asset income portfolios this is now at fairly low levels and again this is a function of some profit taking um earlier in the year um as well as a, a negative outlook for property given the interest rates are rising cash levels have always also gone up which was a bit of a surprise first time I, that i i saw and heard that um but i guess on closer review, when you think about the potential for a recession coming, a preference for having some dry powder to take advantage of that and the higher interest rates available, which means that you know you're getting higher um, levels of return on cash, it's probably not a, a major surprise. I mean, that that's been quite negative, but I, I guess the the major positive area and where we're seeing, I guess, the most bullishness from our multi-asset managers on the fixed income side. And we've seen some quite um stark. Changes in fixed income allocation across our managers, with some of them dubbing it a a once in a generation opportunity. Um, We've seen an increase in fixed income, therefore, mainly across sovereign bonds um, as well as investment grade credit. Most portfolios now also have more duration um, than they did 12 months ago. Um, Managers are not that positive on high yield um, compared to to other fixed income markets, um, given the yields that are available now that they're seeing. on lower risk um fixed income assets i guess you know this year's probably to summarize we've seen some of the biggest changes and quite dramatic changes in portfolio composition um you know f- f- for a number of years now um, with some of our um, managers um you know drastically changing the, the, their positioning um and, and so active managers that are generally talking up their book, really see some good um, opportunities and and good potential out there, um, you know, relative to some
0: more static portfolios. Thanks, Alex. Um, We're talking about fixed income, there being a once in a a generational opportunity. That's quite a bold statement. Um, UK government bonds of last year had one of the most volatile years in in living memory with, you know, falls in some of the markets uh, following the mini budget, for example, in September being described as a once in a hundred year event. Um, and it was only when the Bank of England stepped in and started buying government bonds, that market start to calm down again. At one point in 2022, the LNG All Stocks Guild Index, which tracks the FTSE Actuary British Government All Stocks Index, was down 30%. And the, and the LNG All Stocks Index Linked guilt Index uh, was down 45%. Eduardo, it's interesting to hear the multi-asset managers, what they're doing in fixed income space. Um, given what we saw last year, some investors will be quite nervous about going into um, bonds having had big, it's the biggest drawdowns they've had for decades. What are your bond managers that you're talking to seeing and, and how they position in their portfolios?
3: Yes, of course, the returns last year were very negative. We're was one of the worst thing in decades or if not in, in history the UK yield market lost 20% last year when we, we expect this this the, the, this kind of a strategy to protect when 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 equity markets go go down but now that there's an explanation for, for that negative performance is be, be, because uh, central banks have been increasing uh, increasing interest rates and, that, and that's why we have suffered that, that losses in fixed income. But I, I would say the same as well, what Alex uh, has mentioned. Uh, all the managers that, uh, that we are seeing are very excited now about fixed income for the next year. Okay, last year it is to, to forget. Fixed income didn't provide the diversification benefits that we that, uh, we typically would expect from from the asset class. But now the yields are, are higher, as, as you described in the, in the introduction, the UK around three and a half, the US as well around three, three and a half percent for the 10, 10 year. So now we, we have a higher starting point and a cushion to protect performance if we see further increases of rates. But what is what managers are seeing? They are, they are seeing as well that we are getting closer to the peak. Of uh, the, the interest rate hikes. So, so what's what what's the consensus uh, across the
0: market of where the peak's going to be? We're at three and a half at the moment, roughly. Where do, where do
3: managers think we're going to get to? Well, that is a, a difficult question, but it would be around four, four, four and a half percent, and and depends uh, whether we are looking at the UK or Europe or 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 the US. In in US, the, the levels are now very similar, three three and a half. But I, I think. Uh, I, the level is difficult because it all depends on, on inflation and inflation is where it still is the the, the, the question mark because of the mainly the, the job market, how, how tight it is. But with all the, uh, the central bank uh, action, with the monetary restrictions, inflation is starting to, to slow down. So we are seeing that measure. So-, so, so if
0: central banks see inflation starting to slow down, particularly if the job market becomes a bit... Uh, a, a bit more loose, you know, l- l- less demand, less less jobs out there. You think that we're then, if that's the case, we're almost the end of the cycle, the the, the rate cycle going up, and and that means that
3: managers think that this is a great exactly because we are not going to have those further uh, rate uh, rate rises. It should stabilise, and at some point, the other the other point of the equation that we didn't mention the recession. The recession that we are seeing, and a slower economic, uh, or if not recession, a slower economic uh, growth. at Some point they will have to pivot. It is difficult that pivot when it will will happen, but they will have to go into reducing rates, and that is when, when, when you are uh, getting better returns if you have a longer maturities, longer duration. At some point, rates start uh, yeah. going going down. So we have seen over the last months, majority of managers. That have increased duration and managed out that managers that had been for over the, the last, more than 10 years uh, with big underweights to duration, they are now overweight to uh, duration, overweight interest rate risk. Lately, now they, they, it's, so, it's, a big a, a big duration. change
0: in position from where they've been. John, just going back to you said UK consumers were going to be under the cosh a bit. You talked about recession. Alex said that uh, there's going to be one there. I think you said the consensus was that there'd be a, a shallower recession. Is there, is there an area in the market that your managers are looking at specifically to benefit from us coming out the other side of that, or is it too early for that? I think it's a bit too early to, to, to say anything there, Chuck, with any certainty.
1: Um, you know, as I was saying earlier, I think <clears throat> being more selective. Um, around particular sort of stocks, um, depending on the underlying processes, etc., and an idea generation of uh, of, of where they where the managers are finding ideas. So, yeah, it's a little bit too early to, to highlight any themes at
0: present. Stock pickers market. So it might actually having under active managers having underperformed passive for a while. This might be an opportunity for them to to, to start outperforming again.
1: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Especially if, if one considers that the largest parts of the market have, have have generated the best returns. Wouldn't anticipate that really to happen again um, to any considerable level for, for for sort of subsequent years. It's difficult for active managers, just to sort of make the point there, it's a bit obvious, but difficult for active managers really to, to add value in a market where you've got index weights of 7 8 9% um, stocks um, outperforming because obviously they have to take a larger – that index weight in order to to generate our performance there. And of course you're then hitting on on usage rules, et cetera, et cetera. So I think um yeah the general consensus is that given where valuations are now with with some of the the, the stocks away from those large index index uh, companies, um, active management should benefit from that. And
0: that's why I think managers are are quite optimistic. Thanks, John. So I mean if I was just going to try and summarize what we've talked about over the last 15, 20 minutes or so. Markets look like they're going to continue being quite tricky, um, which is what I said last time we did uh, one of these podcasts. But um, there's been some some significant shifts in positioning, whether it's in the fixed income managers or the multi asset managers. And there's some hope, I think, there for the UK managers that there's some opportunities coming through and the dividend growth looks good there in UK markets as well. Um, Well, all that remains is for me. To thank our analysts, John Monaghan, Alex Farlow, and Eduardo Sanchez for their time, thoughts, and insights today, and you, the listeners, for your support. If you've got any questions that we haven't covered and you'd like us to in one of these podcasts, please do get in contact either through our webpage, www.squaremileresearch.com, or by emailing us at infosquaremileresearch.com. At
3: This podcast is only aimed at professional advisors and regulated firms and should not be passed on to or relied upon by any other persons. It is not intended for retail investors who should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this podcast. Remembering past performance is not an indication of future performance. It is published by and remains the copyright of Square Mile Investment Consulting and Research. Square Mile makes no warranties or representations regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. This podcast represents the views and forecasts of Square Mile at the date of issue and may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. Nothing in this podcast shall be deemed to constitute a regulated activity or an invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity, and it is not a recommendation to buy or sell any funds or investments that are mentioned during this podcast. Thank you.